0: Good day and welcome to episode 37 of the Aaron Wayne podcast. Quick note on this one guys, my buddy Ryan and I sat down, he and I are both teachers and it was the end of a work day and listening back to this podcast I realized how faded my brain was. Ryan did great but I was a little lackluster posting it anyway because of talking about some good stuff in here and... You know we're still growing we're still grooving we're still getting better at this so note to self don't schedule a podcast for five o'clock at the end of a work day here we go so ryan is a civics teacher at my school really good guy does a lot of work with the kids he's a mentor he's a coach He is uh, this teacher of the year for the last school year. And as you guys know, last year was a wild school year. So shouts out to him for that. Uh, Great guy, does a lot of work in the community, extremely involved and highly motivated to make an impact with kids. So this is the conversation that we had together. And like I said in the show note, we're going to run it back, because I need another run at this as the host of the podcast. He did great, but I think I need another shot at it. But this is what we got, and this is Ryan. So I was, um, I've been doing the podcast for a while, and I've been mostly doing it independently, just like Mm. free association, just thoughts, talking, you know, yoga, education, all these different things and uh i've been interviewing more people recently and i was like who's in my life that i would be interested in interview and i was thinking i thought of you You you're one of the first Mm -hmm. people that i thought of because you like roll through my classroom i don't know like three times four times a semester Mm -hmm. or a quarter and we just have these like awesome conversations yeah so um i'm just always interested like seeing where a conversation goes so i'm really curious because like and I'll do like a proper introduction and I'm, you know, like before for, you know, the podcast posts, like mm-hmm. who this guy is and what he's up to. Yeah. But I'm just curious, cause you're a teacher, I'm a teacher. Like how, how did you come into the idea that you wanted to be a teacher?
1: Uh, I think it's kind of ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was always like the head of a daycare growing
0: up. Oh, So she was always like working with kids. And-
1: yeah. So like locally, we had fun challenge. People from this area would know mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Uh, that's a long time ago. A yeah. <laughs> long, long time yeah. ago. That's long and gone. Uh, but my mom kind of uh, helped run those daycares. And through that, I kind of saw the impact my mom made, not only to kids while they were at that daycare, but, like, we'd be at the store, mm-hmm. and people were like, hey, it's Miss Tracy. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, it's Miss mm-hmm. Bud. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, man, that's amazing.
0: It's like having an impact.
1: Yeah, so it's just impacting people beyond like a work environment like you're impacting their life
0: so when were you when were you conscious of that though like that this is so was it like teen years so like my wife my wife was all she was destined to be a teacher forever right like she knew she knew she was going to high school college like she knew she was a teacher and she was perfect fit for it but for me I was um you know I graduated from college with an English degree I thought I was Mm going to be F Scott Fitzgerald you know what I mean (laughs) and then you know I just kind of messed around in the business world for a while and I was like this is vapid this is mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel like I'm contributing yeah I have a skill set and then I got into education worked to be a perfect fit for me but did you like know in high school college like, I did think you know,
1: uh seventh grade really changed a lot for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had a teacher that I'm really into sports like mm-hmm. I love I'm wearing Atlanta Braves hat right yeah now. Yeah, yeah and I you coach. 90, yeah, I coach yeah before I got the, got the 90, podcast started
0: yeah. we were just like talking about athletes from my high school and stuff yeah so. from, yeah yeah
1: so uh I had a teacher really connect school in that way. Mm-hmm. He was like the only male teacher, or it was my second male teacher ever. Mm-hmm. And he was really connecting school that way. And I was like, man, this might be something I want to do later. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to high school, I actually was very fortunate. I was in a uh, preschool program,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I was the only dude in there. And I saw what that meant for those kids.
0: So wait, you when you, so you wait, run that back. So you were were helping helping to like run. You were part of like the staff of a preschool program. So
1: no, no, actually at Christiansburg or at my high school. Yeah. yeah. At my high school, we, we had the ability to uh, sign up for, uh, early childhood education
0: oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah.
1: and then uh also at our time during school i mm-hmm. feel like there's a and still right now there's a big push kind of to get those dual, en- dual enrollment credits yeah
0: like the high school that well, our high- school feeds into is like really good about that no yeah, yeah. yeah. so
1: and we have a community college right you mm-hmm. know right beside us so that was an option later for me if i was if i started this course when i was my freshman year by my junior year i could become like a teacher in that program and get college mm-hmm. courses,
0: oh, right or on. get
1: college credit—not college okay. courses. But I'm like taking a college course yeah, about yeah, early yeah. childhood. Like education. getting ahead on that, yeah. And then just there in that class from ninth grade, I, it really, it all started coming together.
0: And so, like, you're probably one of the only dudes in there, though, right? Yeah, I was the only actually, like, I, on the wrestling team, yeah, like yeah, athlete, very, like yeah, yeah.
1: There was a baseball player in there. Shout out to my man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was awesome, man. We yeah. had a good old time. Uh, yeah. It was we always sat beside each other, but then like the kids loved us. We were rock stars, man. Yeah. So you get nothing. to be fun, dad.
0: My uh, so my wife has uh, she had a someone that she worked with a long time ago at a different in a different school district, mm. and like she's like very clear on the expectations, and yeah. you know gets a lot out of her kids, and she's just a phenomenal teacher. Um, and she had this co-teacher who was just like a really fun guy mm-hmm. and he would come in and like be like, Hey guys, like he would like come in and like completely sidetrack her <laughs> lessons and stuff. And so it's like, there's this fun dad aspect is what we started calling that of like sometimes I like that. because you're like, <laughs> di- well, I mean, men are I mean, in most structures of power. Men are disproportionately like in those positions. Yeah. But when it comes to teaching, it's like there are, very, there are so few, I think we have a pretty decent ratio. Yeah, here at, this at, school, at I think our very school, but blatant
1: about that, like trying to make sure it's not that big of a gap. Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, yeah, it's interesting because I there are certain things that I talk to male colleagues about, and they just have a different experience with the kids because mm-hmm. the kids so seldom have like a cool, confident, especially young teacher. Yes. That was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and wanted, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to a, a teacher that used to teach her as well later in the, another episode. But I just think it's interesting to talk about what education is, like, where it's going, and so, yeah, so you went through this high school program, Mm -hmm. and that, so you got those credits, and you're like, let me, let me dive deeper.
1: Yeah, and that was, that was such a cool experience, like, I got chill bumps talking about it, Yeah. Like, it was amazing. Kids are
0: super into it.
1: Yeah, I, I was lesson planning, I had my own desk, I, you know, created things.
0: Man, I didn't lesson plan until, I didn't make a lesson plan until I was like 27. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. I had had
1: really good experience. And, I mean, they were basic lesson plans. You know, I was making lesson Mm -hmm. plans for three and four-year-olds. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it helped, it really helped me kind of understand a whole whole kid. It's more than just like, we're going to do this activity. You have to really plan things out in this lesson plan. Mm -hmm. And that really showed me when you had to do it in front of three- and four-year-olds, you know? Because yeah. if not, they'll just go, Well, They're, they're crazy. done. Yeah. yeah, they're done, man. Yeah, so then from there, I, if I'm going to be honest, then from there, I honestly thought I wanted to be a high school teacher. I did, too. Like, I, and I really think that's the sports. Like, I saw a lot of my role models in school were, like, my coaches and things like that. A lot mm-hmm. of them were teachers, too. So I think that kind of – but that was, like, in high school. So I think that mm-hmm. played a big part in that mm-hmm. because, you know, I had coaches – that were like amazing teachers as well. So I feel like that. And then
0: in in the high school years, you're like, you're coming a bit more online intellectually. So you can actually engage like when you're, you know, my, at least my experience from the ages of like 11 to 14, everything was just chaos. You know what I mean? My my brain was chaos. My life was chaos. My teachers, I was behaving chaotically. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then in high school, you kind of come online a little bit. I wanted to be a high school teacher too. But then now that I found myself in middle school, I realized how crucial it is to have, good middle school teachers.
1: No, yeah. And that, that all started for... So then I went and wrestled, but I got hurt. So mm. then I stopped wrestling. Mm. And that actually was a blessing in disguise because the school I was at, they it wasn't as good for... Crafting teachers, if I say, as Bradford. Mm-hmm. So I think it all worked out in the long run. I think things. So wait, what, what college did you go to? I went to Limestone College down where in South that? Carolina. Oh. So if you ever seen House of Cards, yeah, that's where Frank Underwood's from. <laughs> Yo, dude, I love House of Cards. Yeah. I love House yeah. of Cards. So, I
0: I really was into yeah, that show. Yeah, the giant
1: peach that's in Gaffney, South Carolina. That's really. I yeah, I lived there for a year. So.
0: Had you been to? I mean, I'm maybe on vacations and stuff, but have you had you been to South Carolina for a long time before that?
1: I mean, only to, like, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, went there for which like isn't really South, Beach South
0: Carolina. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah
1: it's more like a... South yeah.
0: Carolina's an interesting place, man. I was in... Uh, I, I was a camp... Count- so, when I, so my path to becoming a teacher was... Yeah. I was in the corporate world doing all that. Yeah. I was like, I like working with kids. Let me try this. So, I became a camp counselor for a month in a mm-hmm. place called Mountain Rest, South Carolina. Okay. Super rural, and it's in the Highlands, and it was... Where... Uh,
1: like, what is the closest city?
0: I think the closest city... I have, I'd have to look it up, man. It was like 10 years ago. Um, I don't know, but it was, it was a, it was a Christian camp and I sort of like told them I was Christian, even Mm. though it's like not necessarily, (laughs) you know what I mean? mean, But it was, it was a really beautiful experience and it, it, it like tuned me into, I like got to work with all different ages of kids, Mm. you know what I mean? And so, you know, one weekend or one week rather I'd be managing a bunk of, you know, high school freshmen and sophomores. And then another it would be six year olds, which are first graders. So like I had this big <laughs> range, over-range. you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I think those sort of things are important. It's just kind of like, like you with your daycare or the, um, your mom setting the example with the daycare and mm-hmm. then seeing like the high school classes of early childhood ed, it just gives you a chance to see like, is this a fit for me? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And then something that really trained me because you were talking about, is this really a fit for me? So then when I came back to Radford university, mm-hmm. I, I love history. You know?
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, going back at that seventh grade history, or that seventh grade teacher I was talking about, he was a history teacher. So uh, you know, he okay. really lit that spark yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. So ever since then, I've really been tuned into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I then worked at a daycare center that my mom was you know, running. Uh, oh, was you worked after- for your mom? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it's, fun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was doing that, and uh, I was the red room uh, teacher in the afternoon, so I had to get mm-hmm. him up from nap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Man yeah <laughs> that's all I Rouse, say. rousing a bunch of kids yes yeah, so you gotta you know some of them were still like most of them should have been potty drained but maybe not all oh, of them yeah, so that yeah, was another yeah. factor yeah, yeah Kind of yeah, get me right. ready for later in life yeah, you know yeah, 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 and then like I had some kids that like I mean all these kids are coming from different walks of life you know mm-hmm. so some kids at their house they're doing whatever they want mm-hmm. and that would play out in the classroom yeah like I would say yeah. you can't sit there you would just take his chair and get it up and move you know yeah. like, nah, learn classroom my- management yeah, yeah, yeah. while doing what three-year-olds yeah I can recall one time uh, <laughs> I was sprinting, like, because the bathroom is connected to the uh, bathroom's connected to our classroom. I was like running in and out, like in circles, trying to chase this kid. He was in his underwear running <laughs> by me. I will never forget that, man. Because, like, when things get hard, I'm like, oh, remember that red room, brother? Yeah. Remember <laughs> yeah. that red room? Yeah. So, that really, and you know what's really cool is those kids, uh, I'm actually watching their house this weekend. They're now in middle school. Oh, uh, right on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, um, cool. They're out at the beach and I'm like watching them, so. Small it's, world. Yeah, small world. Really cool. Those
0: experiences of having of losing control in a classroom, I remember, so I used to teach in Hanley High School, mm-hmm. which is very different than this area. So like, you have a lot of kids, it's like, it's a racially diverse area, but then it's also very economically diverse. Yeah. And so like, that's the huge factor in how mm-hmm. these kids are working together. So like, you know, you have kids that live quarter mile from the school in these $800,000 houses. And then you, like on the north side of town in Winchester where I grew up, it's like, you know, so I, I saw a kid at the school try to steal, a, one of the kids that I was teaching was trying to steal a bike off my porch because he didn't know it was, yours, this, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, his teachers. Um, <laughs> and so that was my first year teaching, and I, I like I learned how it feels to lose control of a classroom mm-hmm. or a kid. Yeah. And like after that, I was like, classroom management. Yeah, I gotta yeah. get this down because I can't do anything else if I can't like work with the kids. Yeah. You know. So yeah, man. I um, it's interesting. It's school- teaching is a super interesting profession. And I feel like, um, I feel like there is a, like, in, we, so you and I just did a training today mm-hmm. on working with smart boards. And one of the things I'm trying to figure out is how is it that young teachers see education differently from more veteran teachers? And like, what is it that, what is it that each group can give the other? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. like veteran teachers have so much to give and like you sit down with a veteran teacher, they have a whole, like they have a whole playbook of yeah, different things to play with. And then uh, like coming into, I mean, this is probably my fifth or sixth year teaching. So I guess I'm getting close to that, like almost mild veteran, yeah, no, you know I'm, what I'm I mean? It's like, yeah, like, like I mean, this I, is my fifth year. As I'm well, seasoned, so you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But We're definitely starting, not. Yeah. But there's, around. there's like a <laughs> worldview thing. About things like social media, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of this stuff, like you were talking about, you were working with our AP on like some equity issues and things yeah. like that. I think that there are things that we're seeing that they don't see, that they they need help with, and there's also things that they see that we may not be seeing. So I, I don't know what what your thoughts are on those. Yeah, ideas. so I think
1: young teachers kind of bring in an energy mm-hmm. and. Uh I mean, they're closer to the students, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So they kind
0: of – We're more like big brothers and sisters almost. Yeah, like, like I can
1: I can, I can, can draw back to my first year, and I knew he, like a lot of things that those kids were talking about. I mm-hmm. feel like now as the year progress mm-hmm. I'm starting to lose that a little bit. Yeah,
0: you feel it slipping, no, right? No, yeah, and I'm it's like – It's like I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, so you know I have I mean? to call my little brother and <laughs> yeah, ask him. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, but I think that's part of it. And then I think older teachers, I mean, I think they can bring just their experience. I mean, yeah. their wisdom, their years of teaching mm-hmm. – uh, Also, I feel like as young teachers, a lot of things, or sometimes at least for me, things were thrown at me, and those veteran teachers were there to Mm
0: -hmm. be there
1: for me. You know what I'm saying? I have a really good team of teachers that always have my back. Something gets thrown my way. Sometimes I freak out. Mm -hmm. I try not to show it, but I'm a human, right? I freak out. So those veteran teachers, some of them that I teach with, they've been teaching for over 20 years, so they've seen the ups and downs of education, the Mm -hmm. trends, the flows, Mm -hmm. so they can give me a, uh, maybe their perspective a little bit uh, clearer picture.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've learned from veteran teachers is that education is always in a state of flux and everyone's trying to find a new box of crayons, you yeah. know what I mean, to play with, mm-hmm. but that the foundations of what education is are constant. So yeah. it's like, are you using this software or that software? <laughs> well, I don't know, it's not probably not gonna matter in three years, yeah. you know what I mean? So learn it to be proficient and then just use your tools in the classroom, you yeah. know?
1: And, and now that you're saying that, I've been thinking about that here lately for myself, like things mm-hmm. that I used three years ago, are they still applicable today or should I change it up? Should mm-hmm. I go with the new trend? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Those are things mm-hmm. that I question.
0: Are there any specifics that you're thinking about?
1: Just like, like things like, like a Pear Deck. I feel like I use Pear Deck an awful lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause is there another way to interact with the kids or like other ways to reach them? Or like yeah. I do a lot of GIM kits and games like that. Are there other ways to review the material and not a game matter, but it's still mm-hmm. impactful where the kids feel like their voice is heard and they're mm-hmm. learning.
0: You know, I had an idea a couple of years ago. So I taught 1984 mm-hmm. and I had the ki- I made a um, uh, an Instagram account called uh, BMS Big Brother. Mm-hmm. And like a bunch of the kids started following that. I didn't follow them back on the account, but. I was trying to incorporate, and this is before TikTok became a thing. I was trying to incorporate <laughs> things that they're already utilizing in their social lives and to show them that there's, they're like good. responsible, useful ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something I'll never do again. Not because there were negative outcomes from it, but because I'm so concerned about social media and kids. And I, and maybe I'd love to hear your perspective on it because maybe you have, I'm 33. How old are you? Uh,
1: 27.
0: So you're like, yeah, so you're six years behind me. And I'm just curious if like you have a different perspective than I do, because when I look at social media, like you at a certain point, you couldn't advertise cigarettes on television. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But you could just freely for decades and decades and decades. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and there are all the other sorts of pieces of legislation that have come out where it's like actually this is manipulative and this is inappropriate and we can't do this um and I think that in I I, at least I hope in some way in 10 years five years maybe there's Mm. much clearer expectations of what social media can do when it comes to interacting with kids because it's so I don't know I, I feel it's it's become an overall negative for the kids
1: no yeah and I feel like the kids are just kind of being used yeah for ads and yeah. things like that for products to be pushed on them and they're yeah. not really thinking outside the box ever yeah and that's what they always draw to so mm-hmm. i don't I, i'm, I'm kind of scared myself but also see positive which you probably see positives as well but what do you think will how do you think we can achieve that
0: i have no idea man i think it has to be government legislation okay i think that i think that one of the things that i've noticed recently is how powerful these corporations are and how they have so much yeah. like That's there, like my number one thing. You know like <laughs> like and you and I have had conversations um and I mean t- to your point I learned I've learned more on YouTube than I learned in college like I mean, guiding me towards books, authors, here listening to lectures, all these different things and I know that you're big in like in watching and reading too. Mm-hmm. Um so like that's I don't want to I don't want to lose that piece, you know? I definitely don't want to lose it, but I don't think like for example the people that get pulled off of social media that's not a government-based decision. It's not based mm-hmm. within, um, like, an agreed-upon set of rules that are foundational to the Constitution in our country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, so, and
1: I think what people are noticing, Facebook and things like that, are kind of like It the shows public, how much power they have. Yeah, and they're like yeah. the public square now yeah. because we don't go down to – I mean, some people do still. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, to exchange ideas, we're yeah. going online. Mm-hmm. As soon as I get home, people like, I'm going to log on Facebook, man, mm-hmm. you see what people are interacting what's going on, with, on youtube you know? what's on twitter yeah, what's on twitter yeah. so i feel like those things do need to be regulated mm-hmm. kind of like a public utility you know kind yeah. like that idea yeah
0: i heard a great analogy the other day because um like people just keep talking about it like the you know the cancel culture cancel like yeah. you know whatever people think like The people that are, the people that are super anti it or very vehemently anti it, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, I honestly haven't truly formulated my opinion on what it means to like, for example, take the president off of Twitter. Do you know what I mean? I I don't know what I fully think about it, Mm -hmm. but, um, I do think that, I think that, so it's like the analogy that I heard was, you know, 30 years ago, the only way that you could own a business. Think of all these YouTubers who mm-hmm. like have spread a lot of crazy ideas, right? Yeah. Agree with them or disagree with them or agree or disagree with their right to, to be able to do it. The AT&T 20 years ago, the only way you could have a business is if you had a, a, a phone connection mm-hmm. 30 years ago, 10 years ago, even now. And if AT&T didn't like what you were saying to your customers, they didn't have the right to cut off your phone connection to be mm-hmm. able to communicate with your customers so I, I, what are your general th- what are your thoughts about th- we so this is what i wanted to talk to you like not this but like no, yeah. I, like finding a conversation like this like what does it mean to take someone off of social media like yeah
1: i just don't think that that i don't agree with that mm-hmm. because i mean you're essentially i've heard this term used a lot the internet death penalty you're essentially like oh, i haven't heard that yet. taking them off the internet and that's most of us that's how we live our lives these days whether th- mm-hmm. people agree with that or not i mean it's true you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying so I just don't think that that's. I think that there should be regulations put in place, and we as, and that comes from the government, and then that would essentially hopefully come from us because we elect those people, correct? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then it would be allegedly. More, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother. I mean, we could do eight podcasts about yeah. that. jeez. <laughs> oh, that's, that's actually a big topic I'm going to be talking about in my class this year about campaign finance and all those things like that. Oh, really? And what I've do actually, you want to talk to them about? just like follow the money. I was yeah. an assignment called follow the money. So these politicians left and right blue yeah. and red, they're mm-hmm. going to tell you all these things, but who's giving them the money, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. The leg- then you need to look at the legislation and how that legislation is. Who's benefiting from the legislation? Yeah, is it bono. A it's like who taxpayer th- or is it someone who can donate from super PAC money that's not regulated? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah.
0: It's bonkers, man. It's bonkers. I, I've been, um, I've been like been sort of disheartened lately with like all of this stuff like it's really like kind of been weighing on me a bit like I just watched Rogan's podcast the other day Uh, did you see the the woman who escaped from North Korea on that podcast Mm -mm. she's like she's been on a couple of like big podcasts Mm -mm. and she's been talking about her experience of having left North Korea and like it's such a big problem I have no idea like other than just learning about it, like what is my role? No, like, yeah. in, in, you know, campaign finance reform, like all these different issues. See, that, like,
1: that's the issue. I, I'm glad that you said that because I've felt that, I felt the same way mm-hmm. here recently. I would say, I think it's just with everything going on, like coronavirus and, you know, <laughs> politically. Mm-hmm there's a lot going on.
0: And you watch a school board meeting. You and watch a school like, board meeting like, where it's what? like, like what I'm watching
1: it? the national, yeah. I'm watching the presidential debate and, and yeah, like, you know, the yeah, you're, board wa- you're, wa- you're watching like, it all trickle polarized. down. Yeah, it's yeah. like all this. So I think.
0: Trickle down economics didn't work, but trickle down like politics works. Yeah, yeah, politics yeah. Works, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think what I was telling like uh, one of the administrators, I think i me personally, I just need to focus more on the local level. What can I do here locally? Can I start like, a mutual aid program, where that means where, like, we bring people together and, like, we're aiding each other, you know. It's mm-hmm. not just – everything's profit-based, you know, mm-hmm. because as a community, we live in a good community. I think that mm-hmm. we could bring those people together. So, maybe yeah. starting something like that or helping underprivileged kids in the community, you know. Like that, that ACE program that program yeah, was like, talking yes, about. Yeah. Program, yeah, yes, ACE
0: program. Yeah, which is – could you explain what that is? Because I, I think so I – So, the ACE program you know is a probably.
1: program where students sign up and it's they go to community college for two years free. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Shouldn't that just – no, I, that's a side <laughs> yeah. note, but yeah, shouldn't that just be a thing? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, my brother uh, did that and he benefited. I know several of our staff, a mm-hmm. lot of, I have, so I sent out an email mm-hmm. because I'm part of the dialogue on race mm-hmm. uh, committee mm-hmm. and that's something that we hold uh, or we put on that event. And I sent out the email and a lot of staff are sitting back like, thank you so much. My, my uh, son, he, he's now going to tech. Or Mm -hmm. he's maybe going to another college, Mm -hmm. but he's also because there's a community service piece too. You have to uh, accumulate so many hours. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're giving back to your community, and then your community's helping you thrive. It's all community. That sounds so good, man. And that's what it's about.
0: You know, so uh, so I'm signed up for the dialogue on race. I didn't go to I didn't go to it last year. I'm excited. I'm actually speaking at that. Are you really? Yes,
1: I'm actually on the schedule. So. I
0: was I was ho- I was I was curious <laughs> about that because they had said that we had local like educators and stuff. Somebody somebody had said that somewhere, maybe the school board meeting that I watched the other day. Yeah. And then I went to their website. And I was like, well, who's speaking? Do mm-hmm. I know any of these people? And I was curious. So um, one of the things that I like about what you're talking about with Ace is that we went through um, a diversity and equity training Um over the last couple of years, just like all the staff and like Mm. that's a common practice in corporate and and public uh, environments now. And at the end of it, I was like, okay, like what do we do? Do you know what I mean? And so like a lot of these topics, like you and I have had good conversations, I've had conversations with other colleagues, Um, you know, I've listened to podcasts, I've talked to friends and fans, like all these conversations about what equity is and Mm. like, and like a diverse diet of ideas on that too. Like, is this, is it, should we be charging with this or should Mm. we be hesitant with this? And like, I'm trying to formulate where I land with that. Um, but nonetheless, at the end of that training, I was like, well, I think what we've done effectively is maybe a handful of people who've never thought about these things have heard these ideas of Mm -hmm. like what it's like to be a non-white student or non-white straight student in a classroom. Like, think about it, talk about it. Cause there's a lot of people who really care mm-hmm. and love and they think that they're, they don't realize that they're doing a handful of different things. Yeah. Um, And I think that it's good to have that education, but then at a point it's like, what's the next step? Like, how do we actually do something there, yeah. you that's, know?
1: That's something that I do like from the dialogue on race. And that's actually, I remember my, one of my first years of teaching, I went, because I was invited, and that was an action plan. Mm-hmm. We, we come up with action plans there, Yeah. Like so I like that. They like, after, after talking with community members in our community, what are you gonna do next? What's your next mm-hmm. step? My next step was bringing these things to school. Mm-hmm. So I think now we just gotta keep moving the ball forward. And I've mm-hmm. actually met with, uh, that's what I'm really excited about. These students are really engaged this they're dialed in and this they, stuff, they man. really that's our focus actually for the doggone race this at this summit's about student voice mm-hmm. and i have a group of students i actually met with over the summer i've been meeting with students and they've just been kind of telling me their experiences and things like that and they're just it's very powerful
0: yeah so what so um what's your so what are you bringing to speak like just, uh, like, just kind of th- talk about thoughts?
1: like like equity in montgomery county mm-hmm. my perspective why i think it's needed why i think student voice is important mm-hmm. uh, and kind of things that I've like struggled with and things that Mm -hmm. I can work on things. like Yeah. yeah, yeah. Regarding equity.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. There's, um, it's interesting to see this is sort of playing out on a national scale now too, Mm -hmm. with the idea of like bringing these ideas in and then it being kind of labeled as critical race theory. And like, I honestly don't thoroughly understand what critical race theory is. I've read it, I've heard it. And then I've heard different people have different interpretations of it.
1: See, that's where I'm, I'm stuck. There. It's like, what does this mean? You I'm know what stuck what I mean? there because I, I have, I'll send you some videos uh, yeah. from this one guy that I listened to. Funky academic. Uh, he has a <laughs> podcast. He's, oh, cool. He's a cool guy. Uh, he, I Shout out to funky some, academic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on the podcast, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to uh, some of his stuff over the last couple of days. Uh, because we're actually we're going to have like a meeting like as a group of social studies teachers but I think that's shifted a little bit and I'm still Mm going to talk to a lot of social studies teachers but Mm -hmm. uh, about those things but I don't really I haven't been exposed to it enough I am going to go buy a book Mm -hmm. about this Uh, in that podcast he he has some uh, book suggestions Mm -hmm. about critical race theory and like just kind of introduction and things like that so I was going to maybe go buy some of the books and just look at it because as an as someone coming through a uh, lens of equity I think that's going to come up over and over
0: again mm-hmm. so, like how like, do we I define this yeah like yeah like what's my elevator pitch on this yeah the thi- so my understanding is that we've, we have 400 years of history in this country most of which had no consideration of how the idea of white supremacy within the new definition of white supremacy like mm-hmm. I think you and I might have talked about this before 10 years ago white supremacist was like you know, KKK, like mm. not neo-Nazis, like all these people that were like adamantly white supremacist. Yeah. But then I think I, me and other people have come to a new understanding of like, what's well, actually more of a structural thing that just benefits white people unconsciously or unintentional or maybe, maybe intentionally, but it's to like at this point, like obviously we don't want to intentionally advantage white folk. And mm. so I think that my understanding is that looking at things through a lens of race, through critical race theory allows us to just see that thing that's been invisible to us for so long mm-hmm. so that we can actually address it yeah does that make sense
1: no yeah that makes sense to me yeah.
0: yeah and then like
1: for example one of the examples he was giving I think he was talking about how like uh, like when we were fighting the revolution he he brought up that uh, in in England or in Britain mm-hmm. um, they had freed the slaves before so uh, mm-hmm. to leave that part out he was saying that
0: uh, but then there's still there's still like profiting off of it do you know what i mean no, no, it's like, that's what i'm saying yeah. that
1: that's what uh the people in the south were maybe worried about because that that was how they made their living and things like that right so that's also part of the story as well that's never been talked about like maybe they wanted to fight against uh britain because th- there was rumblings of uh abolition and things of like that and that would yeah. change their whole way of life and they would lose their property at that mm-hmm. point that's how you got voting rights and things like that if you own property mm-hmm. so he's
0: that's part of the story that i've never even really considered yeah. like so you're saying the american revolution there was there because england had freed the slaves that they had even though they had all this like crazy other imperialism everywhere but they, like those, yes. they they got rid of that 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 was it wasn't just like freedom from you know, inappropriate taxation. It was also like, hey, we want to keep
1: No, these yeah, slaves. yeah. It's not just about, yeah, that's, what that's he interesting. Saying. It's not just okay. about the structure. And that's what I was going to look more into because I didn't really have enough background yeah. knowledge myself in that. Yeah. But I wanted to, sorry, I yeah. wanted to uh, share that with you so you yeah. can look into it. Also, another thing he was talking about is kind of like with uh, Brown versus Board. I didn't even know this, but this was a thing. He was saying that Soviets, this was during the Cold War mm-hmm. when that was passed, the Soviets, they were saying, at least we don't hang, like, they had like this thing, like a running joke. Well, at least we don't hang black people mm-hmm. because it was capitalism versus communism mm-hmm. so he he was arguing that um uh, the soviets around the third world they were saying like america's toting like all this democracy mm-hmm. and thing like that but they don't even let their black people are third class citizens mm-hmm. you know second class citizens mm-hmm. you know bottom of the barrel kind of yeah thing. So,
0: uh, yet they, again, the Russians strike again, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try, trying to so, divide America. So he was America. saying
1: that like leaving that part out, that, that's a part that's never even, I never knew that was a thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like yeah. they were giving out leaflets and giving out things to the third world, you know, saying like our way's better, like, cap, like, you know, yeah. fighting the capitalism, capitalism versus communism. So he was arguing that that played a part in it as well, Yeah. that like they wanted to win the overall battle, mm-hmm. capitalism versus communism. So...
0: Oh, that's interesting. This is what is it? What was it? If something funk. What was his name?
1: Academ- uh funky academic. Funky academic. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna to check this guy out. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a lens that it's I have.
1: Freing pong? Freenpong? Yeah. Arami Fring Pong, I
0: believe it is. His Arami Fring. Yeah. All right. Shouts out to Arami.
1: And I I apologise if I said that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, nah, he'll be good. He'll come on the podcast. <laughs> um yeah, it's interesting. So, um for me, like I've these are these are always things that I've been thinking about and um, like I did a lot of work in college, like learning Dr. King's message and like writing about that and like having conversations about that. And so one of the things that I've coming out of, coming out of college, I was very much in the idea of, uh, sort of like, you know, Sam Harris, he's another like writer and podcaster. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've heard that.
0: He is. So his thesis is that basically following along with Dr. King, that at some point skin color has to be as interesting as hair color Mm -hmm. and we just that that's sort of a thesis right like Mm -hmm. content of character not the color of the skin right back to king and then I was having a conversation with um, my sister um, who is also white but her husband's black and so it's like she's connected in these uh, communities as well like Mm -hmm. having conversations like her kids like she's like thinking about her family right yeah Uh, so she's deep into it and she said to me which was an education for me which is like as soon as you get to that point, you're sort of discounting someone else's experience, right? And for me, it's like, uh, I I just, these are just things I never, like, I didn't have to think that if I don't consider someone's race, that in some way I'm negating some sort of experience that they've had that I haven't had. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so like, those are two ideas that I try to, like, I can't really land anywhere with that because I think the criticism that people are putting out on critical race theory, you know, you listen to people like Shapiro and all mm-hmm. these, these people that are like out in the world and say, like saying that if we look at things through this lens, all it does is exacerbate a problem that is slowly trickling away. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, so that would be, that would almost sort of be more associated with Dr. King's message. Like, mm-hmm. don't think of skin, don't yeah. think of, just think about content of character. Mm-hmm. Right. But then a newer understanding that I'm coming to that I've come to but then still wars with this other idea and I think a lot of people that um is that you can't forget you can't you have to we have to know this history like mm-hmm. Tulsa like I didn't know what happened to Tulsa you yeah. know what I mean like
1: uh, like I'll pull every year I'll ask my kids so you know who Emmett Till is yeah and they have yeah, yeah, no yeah. idea they have no idea It's you
0: know crazy it
1: kills me inside because if you ever been to the Washington um D.C. African-American History Museum I, don't know if
0: you've I, it. I haven't been so last time i was in dc it wasn't open i think it's only been open for like three years right yeah yeah, yeah. and it's kind of
1: yeah. hard i, I kind of finagle my way and yeah ways, but yeah <laughs> it was really cool i like begged the you're like
0: excuse me i'm speaking on the dialogue on race no no, let no, me, I, was, let no me. I was literally <laughs> like i'm a teacher yeah. like
1: because i was like uh, arthur teacher our former civics teacher he'd always try to get tickets you know and we mm. can never get tickets for it mm. so like i was like look If I come in here, I can share my experience with everyone. She was like, Mm. okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes." Wait, you just showed up to the
0: door? Yeah. showed up to the door. I was
1: at a Virginia Tech, uh, West Virginia game, and we had time to kill. So me and my roommate just walked up to the door and just like, let's try it. All right, I'm going to try that. we got in. I'm going to try that. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It worked out. And that, I mean, mean, it's a life change. I got chill bumps thinking about it. But Mm -hmm. that Emmett Till room, man, is just.
0: They have a room on Emmett Till?
1: Yeah. It's just like a, and, and it's like him and or it's it's like a casket mm-hmm. it's kind of like a like a wake kind of mm-hmm. feeling and like people are in their ball and man it's wow just, it's crazy that's
0: intense yeah, yeah it is intense and the and then
1: like what i try to tell my kids is like his mom had an open casket i was just so then just this wouldn't repeat itself and then we see what's happening like last year when i told kids that they could see it because mm-hmm. what's been happening in the media like you know what's been mm-hmm. happening across country they could really feel that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, for really people, for hearts to change and minds mm-hmm. to change, it's really going to, like, people have to be impacted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I the, 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 like, the, could you imagine making that decision as a mom? No, I mean, like, that's th- having, having the sense of history and the sense of, like, the future and mm-hmm. making that decision. It's like, that had to have been really hard have for you her.
1: Have heard of uh, the book Color of Law?
0: Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: so yeah. I haven't. my roommate read it over the summer. He mm-hmm. just finished it, so we're going to book swap. But uh, he said it's really good. And I actually watched a John Oliver piece, and he, he referenced the book a lot. But it talks about the GI Bill, and it talks about— uh,
0: Redlining predominantly, redlining, right? Yes. Yeah yes.
1: And actually, Roanoke—I have to show you this map. I don't know if you ever showed you this map, but Roanoke was redlined back in the day. Mm-hmm. And if you look today, because one of our colleagues who's from Roanoke, mm-hmm. we were sitting down looking at it, and she was like, it's the exact same way. And I was like, yeah, because that's the way it was developed when it comes to
0: race or, or when it comes to like, economics, like,
1: like race and the way things are built up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like things that are built up in one area in another area, you're only going to find certain mm-hmm. kinds of things. You know yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's like how that and, and that's what these like, that's where these like diversity inclusion trainings go. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is you don't like that's the average person you're not aware regardless of your upbringing or how you, what you look like, like you probably don't know about redlining, you know? I mean, I think most people know about it now. Yeah. Um, but that's how those things like sort of echo into the future. Um, and the Emmett Till piece like that is just, it's so relevant. It's, it's relevant to the, and the decision to do that. I mean, some, some of the, the, those things are like,
1: And, and, and being as a mixed student, like, mm-hmm. when I went to college, I took African-American history, mm-hmm. that class, like, lit a fire. Yeah. Like, ever since there, Yeah. like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just ever since it like, we read about Tulsa. I never even mm-hmm. heard about that until then. Yeah. And I read Tulsa's Burning. I read a book by John Lewis. I learned about his life, about his struggle, you know, all these different things. We talked about uh, the Scottsboro trials. You know, we talked about all these different things that I never even looked at mm-hmm. when I was in school. Yeah. Or maybe we looked at it, but like we didn't talk about it enough where it stuck with me, yeah you know, it, it never yeah. impacted me, yeah, you know, so I just felt,
0: and it was like just in February,
1: yeah, yeah, oh yeah, or <laughs> you know what just, I mean yeah, yeah, or like that like I always say this when I go to trainings and things like that when I 'm talking about equity, like I love Martin Luther King, but there's more black people than Martin Luther King, yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so that's that's my goal being a mixed teacher here is, is just expose kids to different ideas mm-hmm. And different voices not just the same and then all cookie the cutter voice yeah. where we talk about being peaceful all the time mm-hmm. because to really get things on if you saw the civil rights movement like people yeah. in general like yeah, you have yeah. to force your way to get things yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. you might have to boycott you might have to struggle you know
0: there's so many interesting um people through that era too right um over the summer i read uh james Baldwin, the fire next I, time and right. like, you read that book that. and it's like it's um, I mean, there's fire. There's so much fire in that. It's it's such an intense book, and it's not King's message. No. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah.
1: But that's what I like. I like looking at the different messages. I'm, I'm really big into Malcolm. I'm really, I really like Malcolm. And yeah, you t- you set
0: me hip to that uh, show on Amazon, um, like one wild night or some one night. You know what I'm talking about? Where is Ali. Yeah,
1: yeah. One night in Miami.
0: One night in Miami. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that introduced me to Malcolm in a different way. And like on my Kindle, I have. Um, his biography. And it's just such a massive book. Like I just, no, no, yeah, <laughs> you know no, what no, I mean? Yeah. It's like hard to chew through, but yeah. So I, th- I think what I'm, one of the things that I'm trying to solve coming from my perspective and who I am and like the learning that I've done is that I see so many people, like it just keeps coming back to these, like conversation, like going to the dialogue on race and like, who's doing that? It's already a self-selected group for mm-hmm. the most part. It's already people that are interested in, in like trying to f- sweat your way through this. Yeah. and um, And then when you go into, like, for example, when Trump was still in office, he said that no federal agency can do inclusion and diversity training mm-hmm. because it was antithetical to whatever, right? And then, so what I'm trying to figure out is the people that are thinking about this are actually thinking about it. And those that aren't don't think that they're doing anything wrong does that make sense yeah. so like there are a lot of good people out in the world doing things unconsciously or not attempting to bring light to histories and what I'm trying to do is figure out how to communicate effectively to those people the people who don't know I think it, or don't they, they think everything is just groovy you yeah, know
1: I, th- I think it's I think it comes back to patience and and just like I, we're all at different parts in this journey, mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like it comes back to that. But I feel like a lot of times in the messaging, mm-hmm. like not I'm not talking about you, but just like. Yeah in general, the, a lot of the messaging turns a lot of people off. Yeah. You know like know the I'm word saying? white like, supremacy. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. White supremacy. Like if we really want to build a working class. Like, I feel like you could build a coalition of working class people that are yeah. screwed like screwed over.
0: that other movie you told me about, what was that one called with um, uh,
1: Judas and the uh,
0: Judas and the Messiah. Yeah. It's about Fred Hampton. Yeah. Shout and out then to Fred Hampton. Shouts Left out, out Fred Hampton. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> they have a podcast and they're amazing. You should check
0: them out. Okay. Hampton cool. Leftist. leftist. Fred Hampton leftist. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I learned more about Fred Hampton and I was yeah. like, Oh yeah, no, you know no wonder they killed him (laughs) no no yeah i know yeah yeah Yeah. um but there's so many parallels between just working class people
1: or have you ever heard i think the guys you might want to double check me on this but i think his name's daryl davis or something like that he did a ted talk and things like that but uh he he friends a clan member a grand wizard of the kkk he Mm -hmm. he goes to this dude's meetings for six years it takes six years like Mm -hmm. i'm saying we're on different paths it takes patience Mm -hmm. like people aren't just going to flip like that Mm -hmm. you know it took six years and the dude was a sheriff and he was a grand wizard of the KKK. The dude retired from both or like stepped down from the KKK and then gave that black man his Mm -hmm. stuff and they were best of friends. Yeah. Because because the guy just kept coming and showing that he's just a human, just like, like over and over just showing that love wins in the end.
0: Yeah. It's like that Ed Norton movie, American history X, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you just have to be, I think that, I think that that's the biggest problem is that there's so many people like whether it's, whether it's this conversation on race or whether it's the conversation. So like in Virginia, they just mandated, um, well, I don't even understand the bill necessarily, but they're attempting to create more, um, visibility and access for trans and LGBTQ Mm -hmm. kids. And, um, just seeing our school board meeting the other night, it's like, people are very confused about these things. And I think a big part of it is because people silo or they're siloed into being around people that are just like them, you know,
1: and, yeah. and then, I mean, social media doesn't help, like,
0: the algorithms are feeding us further yeah, into that, you would, you would,
1: I mean, you would hope that it would, you would, it could be used in a better manner where you have to be exposed to those things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now, like you're saying, the algorithms kind of put us in a manner where we see what we want to see, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or we're seeing what they want us to see, you know? Yeah.
0: So it's kind of like, but the, see then, then on the other side of the conversation, F. Scott Fitzgerald once said that the measure of a high caliber mind is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in your head at the same time mm-hmm. and so i try to do that often right, right. I, I try to listen to uh, like ex- examples like the podcast that you're mentioning and then also listen to people that are on the opposite end of that no, spectrum yeah. to try and figure those things out like kyle kalinsky like I, I listen to his stuff but then also i'll put on shapiro you know uh, or uh, Sager like and Jetty is yeah, I love him. Okay, I, I love yeah, him. I no, love him. I love Crystal. You know the yeah, Crystal show, and Sagar. Yeah, I yeah. love that
1: show because it's kind of like that. You know? Yeah, one's more populist right, one's more populist left, and they're kind of.
0: I think I think Sager's more like he's sort of a Trojan horse. Like he represents himself as more conservative than I think he actually is.
1: No, yeah. I, I, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think yeah. he's sort of a Trojan horse, where yeah. it's like I, I think it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I think that so many people are walking around in their lives and they're not actually spending time and it goes back to the redlining conversation mm-hmm. like the color of the color of law was that the name yeah, of yeah it's like these the, and the conversation about white supremacy it's like you know we've been intentionally segregated from people of different races and economic classes biggest like really like economic classes in a huge way like you, you know you don't see people that make a lot less money than you or a lot more money than you you're sort of like yeah, I mean, you're waffling it, around Contrast
1: yeah. it with the trailer parks. You know I mean? Yeah. That's just kind of. how. Yeah.
0: And you're around, it. you're around the people that you're around and it's so mm-hmm. easy to get caught into not actually seeing other people.
1: But I think that's the, now, now you're saying this, that's the beauty of public school.
0: Yes, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. That,
1: that wraps it all back up because we have a chance to mm-hmm. then allow these people to see other people as just people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is our chance you know, I do t- that. That's why it's got to start here.
0: You know, I talk about I talk with people about um, seeing people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Most people in their adult life could live their their entire adulthood and not be around somebody with a disability. Ooh, my microphone's all messed up. There it is. <laughs> um, I don't have the mic stand, so if you're <laughs> listening to this audio and it keeps like flabbering in and out, like I'm holding my microphone like a dope. But you know, most people go through most of their adult life and not be around a person with a disability. Whereas yeah. as a teacher, like we work with kids with disabilities all the time right mm-hmm. and i'm a big advocate for students being in a classroom and seeing that this kid like isn't able to hold his body still or this kid shouts out randomly or this kid doesn't understand and needs like the t te- i think that is important for the kids to see that
1: yeah and adds to their file folder like yeah. i was taught uh like our brains are kind of just like big filing cabinets right mm-hmm. so like Things that we see, things that we're exposed to, we just file them away. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you just got to add more to their file.
0: And then you got to have a compassionate teacher that can work in those spaces and and like integrate a room in together, like people from different socioeconomic classes, different races, um, different like identities, different like ability levels. And
1: And then a teacher needs to make sure that you're building those relationships and then you can mm-hmm. identify those things easily and quickly, yeah. you know, if you have a good relationship with students and then if you have a good relationship, they're less likely to be like, I don't want to work with Jimmy. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. They're less likely to do that because they trust you that you're, put, they're, you're putting them in a good position.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that people, and, and that going back to the conversation about social media, I, I just feel we're further being funneled into <laughs> being, exposed to people that are more like us because that's what the algorithms want. But then on the other side of it, like, should we like who gets to make the decision of what gets filtered into my, like if, if, if we take it out of the algorithms hands, are they who who makes the decision of what needs to be yeah, seen do you yeah. know what i mean no, yeah. and so it's like then you lose i think
1: that's a tricky part right now with like you were talking about like censoring the president. why do I the, don't big envy tech the tech companies in that why RR? the tech companies they're like the big brother or like overlord in that mm-hmm. and i understand they're private entities right now yeah. I, like we were saying they've kind of changed to public squares yeah it's very much a public square it's a very square. tricky situation yeah
0: i don't know how to fix it yeah <laughs> how do we fix it man yeah. Yeah. how do we how do we how do we take these ideas and make them work like, what do we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the question I keep coming to.
1: And then, like, what? I don't know, man. It's just very. Because, like, you give. Like, just looking at the political system, you get a lot of. I don't know. I was very fired up from 2016, mm-hmm. from Bernie's campaign, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's just over time here, it doesn't really seem that, like, the same fights there from everybody, mm-hmm. you know? Like, in my friend group, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere. So it's just kind of frustrating.
0: See things kind of fizzle. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: people are going back to sleep. It's like, wake up, bro. Yeah. It's the same. Like, what is different?
0: It's the same cats, man. Same same cats, cats running the hat, thing. You know? Yeah. It's like, what yeah. is going on? Same cats, different hat. It's gonna be the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> same cats, different <laughs> hat. Yeah. Uh, um Yeah, these things, it's um I don't know. I think that uh discussion and exposure. No, that's what I was gonna say. I do I think that's the biggest piece. And then eventually people we'll start to come up with actionable steps. Yeah. Right? Like
1: I mean because over time we're eventually gonna be at an age where we're gonna be like the leaders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're still like kinda we're getting there. We but
0: we lead thirteen year olds. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> you know yes what but mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, like like leading yeah. other adults. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: you know what I'm saying. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Like our mindset, you know, like our generations. I we'll guess. transition we'll in transition a little bit, I think. Well,
0: if we don't have you know, I don't talk about politics too much, but if we don't have a president who's in his 80s, his or her 80s, you that's know a, what I mean? That's
1: another thing. I, I'm, I'm going to pose that to my kids this year, I think. That's a good question. Like, should there be term limits?
0: And you don't want Or, wanna, like,
1: an age, not a term limit, So there's, there is term limits. But, like, it, should a, there be an age limit
0: because. It's a tough conversation because you don't want to be ageist. You don't want to be, like, you're too old. But also, like, the the the. The world, also, the world is moving so quickly. Yeah, like things you know? change. I mean, But also, but also, we
1: have a new technology that's changed like, yeah. completely. We, none of us know how to use it. Too. I am no, g- <laughs> good with tech, and I have no idea. Yeah, I, it, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean? it's like it's crazy. But
0: then, like, it can't be an age thing because you have cats like Bernie, who seem to understand it until, I don't know.
1: Yeah. In uh, like a Cornell West, Cornell West, I love. Oh Cornel yeah,
0: Cornell West. West. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's not. It's definitely not age. Yeah. It's just people, you know. I just I have I think I found myself in a position where I've lost a lot of faith in our leadership. And I feel as if the leadership uh, that we are, the people that we're putting into positions of power, like, for example, um, you know, so many people were just like not into Trump, that Mm -hmm. it was just like, well, we'll take whoever will win. You know what I mean? And then, but in reality, it's, in reality it's like, yeah, it's like, still what's there's different? Yeah. There's, there's still, still people in cages. Same stuff. List list, you know. Started, bo- <laughs> started bombing, uh, new yeah. countries, like all these different things. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, people, people just don't seem to see, I think that's why people wanted Trump. I think that's no, where that, it came from. But,
1: but that, I agree with you completely. And his.
0: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> can we have, can we have just like five more minutes? and we wrap this up. <laughs> Our custodian who's really sweet just came in. But um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where were we? Uh, I, I got distracted. Oh no, you, oh, okay,
1: I don't know what we're going to say. You were say, we were talking about uh, Trump, I believe.
0: Yeah, I, I oh, no, so, no, no. So, so many I was people thinking wanted the to... is
1: going to be able to exist until people are willing to change structural problems mm-hmm. because that dude can exist because the people on the other side, they're doing the very similar things. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So they can't really go at him. So he's going to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And his
1: messaging works. It works. He's like the WWE president. I'm really big into WWE. Oh yeah. Yeah, So he's like, it's like, he's a WWE president. Yeah. He
0: knows how to win people over. Yeah,
1: He's a heel. Mm. Yeah. He's perfect heel. So much of the country (laughs) is,
0: so much of the country is still flying flags. I mean, I just did a, I drove about 10, 15,000 miles this summer all all over over the country. And, um, he still has a lot of, Strength, in no. those all yeah. over the country. I
1: mean, have you looked at any of the polling, like from like any of the things that they've done? Yeah. They've.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. we're just talking. Yeah. Oh no, no worries. No, you're no worries. Fine, no worries. You're fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I just think like the poll, even like Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some polling I've seen, he's second. Yeah. You know? So it's just like.
0: You think it will run again? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh it'd be interesting. I think. You I will. think DeSantis has a good chance.
0: I think it's. I think it's interesting that they're. It's, I feel like there's, a, the country, yeah, we are recording. Yeah, no worries. That's no, yeah, fine. No, you're fine. No, I appreciate it. So it's at this point in the podcast where our really sweet custodian walks in, in the middle of us doing the podcast, and we ended up chatting with her for a few minutes. So here's a hard cut to explain why it is that the conversation sort of derailed and had to get back on track. That's all. Back to the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go with this, bub. I don't know. Um, I think that what I what I like to see is, um, you know, these committees, these meetings, these things turning into something like well, let's give educa- education to people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that um, is needed and. You know, communities of color and people in poverty like are disproportionately benefiting from a program like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I love the idea of having these conversations and having it leading to something that actually works. No, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so let's uh let's do another round another time. No, yeah, definitely. What do you I think? Really like this. Yeah. What What do you want to add? You got? How do you feel?
1: What do you mean, like?
0: What do you got? I mean, let's wrap it up. Anything? You oh, want, any, nothing. Uh, any last thoughts? Oh,
1: oh shout out. to... The U.S. Olympic team, man, they've been wrestling really hard. Really, I'm a big wrestling fan. You guys, yeah. Know how to coach wrestling, wrestling, yeah. Ryan, coaches. coach, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's big uh, wrestling thing. We actually had uh, first ever African American female win gold. Oh, it's right America on. In a stock. Oh, yeah, cool. So it was an amazing match. Uh, Helen, she's wrestling for bronze. Uh, she was Olympic. I think her her last name is Marules. She got. Uh, gold the last Olympics, but she bumped up a weight class, and she actually just had, like, a serious concussion. And they didn't think she was going to be eligible to wrestle, but she In a match? Back. Yeah, she came back, uh, and she wrestled. Uh, I think she's wrestling for bronze. Uh, David Taylor, actually, this morning before I came to work, that, I didn't even eat coffee today, man. That was <laughs> he was wrestling Iranian. Iranian. They've wrestled twice before in the World Championships. They're very tough. Uh, Yazdan, he's very tough. He's an Iranian. We were losing – like ten seconds left, our singlets all ripped. It's a very mm-hmm. hand fight match, mm-hmm. you know. We take him down with ten seconds. Like whoa! I just like yeah. stood up and like. Yeah. Tiger woods it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man,
0: you're deep in this stuff. I haven't watched any of the Olympics. I wanted to see the climbing. Yeah. Have you seen? Did you see any of the climbing? Uh, I
1: saw a little bit, but I I wasn't like I was like tuned into it. It was yeah. like on while I was like playing two K or something. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> yeah. well,
0: just like with wrestling, like you're you're you 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 do not know like no I, yeah the intricacies of wrestling. I could watch it and be like, oh, like he really like. Molly whopped him like he, yeah, you know, what it's I mean, like my I,
1: roommates they just sit there like, Was that good? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what, was what are the point What's the story <laughs> was here? Yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah. But the climbing, have you seen the speed climbing? No, never seen oh, that. dude, just YouTube speed climb after it's this. I'll show you speed right, climb. Okay. It is bonkers. They go up these walls in like five seconds. It's mm-hmm. insane. It's crazy. Shouts out to the Olympic team. No, yeah, you like the Olympics?
1: Uh, I don't like no, yeah. I, no, uh, wrestling, Olympics. you like wrestling because that's kind of what you, you like wrestling
0: towards. and you're partial to the Olympics because it has wrestling in it. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, like, I don't like the way the Olympics kind of comes in. And How do these
0: people not get paid
1: that? And it's like, r- it's, it's like, it's insane. All those big federal, I mean, we're seeing the NCAA crumble right now. I mean, it's kind of all those things. are. Is that down. right? I mean, not crumble, but they're losing their power because, uh, st- the kids can now get paid off their likeness. I'm not sure if you saw that. I, d- I did see that. Favor. Yeah. So, I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna help kids out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, I mean, these football, they could honestly break away if they wanted to and form their own league, and they wouldn't even need the NCAA. Mm
0: -hmm. That's interesting.
1: Because they're already forming super conferences. I don't know if you've seen that. But Texas and Oklahoma, they're leaving the Big 12, and they're going to the SEC Mm -hmm. with Alabama, Mm -hmm. the best football conference.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because that's kind of what drives. That's the biggest – they make a lot of money. So it's kind of driving it. And then, like, the Big 12 is just going to dismantle. So teams like West Virginia – West Virginia's in the Big 12. So Mm -hmm. West Virginia's going to be like – uh, yeah, yeah. So it, there's a lot of speculation. Like, the Big 12 could get teams, like, lower-level teams, like, a Cincinnati to come in. Mm. Or, like, the Big 12 could dis, like dissolve. West Virginia could join us, you know, mm. things like that.
0: Any of my friends that know me from the past that are listening to the podcast right now are realizing, like, Aaron's just being polite listening to these things <laughs> that he doesn't understand or know.
1: and, and- I love sports. If you can't tell us about before, no, like, you're in it, man. Life.
0: You're oh. in it, dude. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think that you could slightly make an argument for college athletes not getting paid, like you could get close to a, a stronger argument for that. Yeah. I think they still should get yeah. paid or at least be able to profit off their likeness. Mm-hmm. But the Olympic athletes, I cannot make sense at all how mm-hmm. they're not getting any sort of payment. Yeah. And people say that well they can get an endorsement. What's well, like if you're the fifth best best it's swimmer like in the bombs. world yeah <laughs> you or can get yeah an yeah yeah than that. if you're the biggest and the best like you can you can get an endorsement yeah like but is the, our
1: men's greco 63 kilograms yeah ever and it, an it, endorsement? And, and, no. it,
0: and is that individual working or less devoted like are they not working oh, yeah. as hard? you know what i mean it's like the same capacity of effort and work yeah. um just with different outcomes you know so i don't know Maybe they just melt down their medals and pawn them off. How many, how, how many Olympic athletes have probably sold their medals? Oh, do you I know what I mean? That, Cause they get out I of just it. like
1: the touch one. those things are, look pretty cool. Though. Especially the one this year, they look
0: pretty sad. I right? didn't see them.
1: I just, I watched some, I like have one was. right here. No, <laughs> 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 uh-huh. oh,
0: let's wrap this man. All um, right. do you, do you have any like, um, online contacts you want people to have, or just kind of check out the podcast and you know what I mean?
1: yeah i mean just and anybody that's in the area we're I mean, mm-hmm. probably in this area listen. we're in the
0: southwestern virginia area. yeah so yeah. we're
1: having a dialogue on race oh yeah uh and that's august 28th and that's at the christiansburg moose lodge
0: so and that's four to four to five thirty four to five thirty have
1: speakers i'm i'm planning to speak speakers mm-hmm. uh equity leads from across the county are actually the person who's in charge of equity gailene woodsetzer uh so yeah all right good stuff yeah and uh, it's gonna have all kinds of usually we have food we like have mm-hmm. a big celebration with covid we can't really do that so kind of bring your own snack if you want a snack and things like that
0: i'm bringing a sign it's gonna say go coach wade <laughs> oh, i'm just gonna say i'm just gonna wave a sign <laughs> oh, i'll be in the i'll be like either in the front row or like in the way back and just waving a sign says go coach yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well look man i'm glad you did this and um We'll do another. I think we got more stuff to dig into. It's no, a, yeah. It was a long day for me today, so my brain was running like maybe 78%. So oh, yeah. we'll dial it in. Maybe we'll do a morning one where a bit fresher for Sounds me. Good. All I'm right, brother. Hoping. All right, man. All right, thanks. All
1: right.
0: There it is. <clears throat> my voice squeaked. I'm leaving it in the outro. My voice squeaked. It happens. It's a normal part of being a human. So there it is, guys. Hope you enjoyed it uh follow along subscribe like all that stuff and ryan and i are going to try and do a round two sometime middle of the year so we can kind of see how the year is going I'm recording this outro uh, the Friday of the first week of school, and it's been a great week so far. I'm really excited for this school year, and I'm really excited to get other teachers on the podcast. i got a buddy of mine, Clint, who's lined up, uh, and uh, much more in the future. So follow along, and I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.